Alright, we're back for another season of the Sons of Fantasy Football League podcast. I think this is year 11 of the league. I think. I'd have to go back and fact check that. Um, it's year 9, I believe. Year 9? Alright. Not a good start. All right. Rulebook says, rule book says established 2015. All right. it's, it's not 2026 right now. He's reading up on all the rules that we <laughs> yeah. enacted and amended five years ago. Well, now that's spoiled, joining me, the Roscoe Johnson owner, Shane Stein. <laughs> it's Roshan. It's Roshan, right. <laughs> Welcome, Roscoe Johnson. Um, yeah, great to be here, Kaz. Great to be here. Excited for another year of uh, Soffle. Um, excited. Excited as always. Um, had a great time with the draft. Put together one of the worst rosters probably I've ever put together. But excited to be starting out the league again. It's fun to be playing fantasy football. Fun to be back talking with you guys. And uh, we haven't talked to you since on this podcast. Congrats on the kids, man. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, buddy. Been a pretty rough uh, five and a half months so far. Congrats on the sex. (laughs) (laughs) Keeping receipts. Five and a half months. Not that anybody's counting. (laughs) Taking it on the chin here a little bit, but uh, we're getting in the groove here a little bit. We'll uh, get to be having a little free time here, getting the kids to bed early. Get them some matching teabag jerseys. What do you say? (laughs) Might have a Monroe St. Brown jersey by the end of the night. Oh, Jesus. That is the voice of our defending champion from the Seawolves, Phil Bruce. How's it going, buddy? If I could, just take a moment and and say what a campaign last season was. (laughs) All all, all the fans. Oh, man, all the scouts being able to do it for those guys out there sweating their asses off in Latrobe, PA, and all the training camps across the country. All of our spots. Spotify subscribers, likers, man, it, it felt good to finally serve justice in 2022. And if you saw my draft, largely I'm, I'm running it back with a lot of the same guys. So I, I look forward to a great 2023. I'm, I think these guys are still really good. I'm, I'm going to pay to see it and can't wait for this to crumble and, and all fall to pieces in front of me. There's, there's been a lot of dumb shit said on this podcast over the years. But I don't think I would have ever guessed hearing, here's the voice of your defending champion, Seawolves. Man. Um, coming, out of, how, coming out of someone's mouth. How it's just, it just sounds terrible. <laughs> now you were uh, much more humble than I thought you would be. <laughs> I thought the, the three drafts that you had to sit through as me as the defending champion when I was pretty insufferable, if I may say so myself. <laughs> You, you we're kept, five minutes. We're five minutes in. We've heard about the three time champs. Why have we not met you <laughs> early yet? Yeah, I don't, I don't know what's um, going on. No, look, it, it was a great year. I, I was even going into the the championship week. I did, I thought it was a long shot. I, I thought Spears had had a much better team than I did. Um, and if we played that championship game a hundred times, I win. Seven or eight of those, maybe. Oh my god! Yeah, and it just so happened fine. to be those seven or eight. And look, I'm 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 humbled. I I know this is a game largely founded on luck. I'm I'm happy to get it done. But Sea Wolves are celebrate for two minutes. Great job. Now it's time to repeat. Now we go. 
since we talked about Shane's kids, a big day in the Bruce house today, I think kindergarten, right? Kindergarten, man, tears were shed. It was, I did bring the trophy with me to kindergarten drop off <laughs> just to help ease the nerves and keep, you know, stay humble. Show and tell. Yeah. Bring it for show and tell. I like just want, want, wanted to show the kids what day does it work. Nice. With this grind. All right. Well, it wouldn't be a week one uh, fantasy podcast. Go, Pat. Go, Pat. All right. Getting loose. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's do some trivia, Shane. Kick off the season the right. Phil, you have a Stanley? Oh, you are such a chick. Steal a bottle for me. It's trending on Instagram. So many, so many ways I could have went with this week one. I oh, Chaco, get in there. Good to be back on the pod. Um, I mean, thought I could really just get Cause's juices flowing and go with the Georgia running back question. Jesus. Get it started. But uh, I went, went a little different route. Phil, you were on the right track here before the show. Um, there are 14 players in the past five seasons of NFL football that have either led the Chiefs or Lions in rushing yards or receiving yards as a running back or wide receiver. What the? You have to repeat that like five times. Travis Kelsey is not on this list, Phil. Wide receiver, running back that have led the two teams we're watching on football tonight in rushing yards or receiving yards for the season. So, Travis Kelsey's yards are eliminated. So, the, the person that led the Chiefs, Travis Kelsey obviously led the Chiefs in receiving yards multiple times. So, there are 14 players. We'll obviously okay. go. Who is Rice? Rishi Rice. I almost played him tonight. Ray Rice? No. All right, so rushing yards, receiving yards from a wide receiver. So the players, 14 players that have led either the Lions or Chiefs in rushing yards or receiving yards. I eliminated Travis Kelsey, any tight end. Travis Kelsey was the only one, just in case. Hawkinson was not on this list either. So you had to be a wide receiver to, to have the most yards. Or a running back to have the most yards on either the Lions or Chiefs past five seasons. There's 14 of them. All right. Do you want to start or should I? Why don't you go ahead and then I'll embarrass myself. All right. I'll take the uh, 22 wide receiver for the Lions. That would be Mr. Amon Ra St. Brown. That is correct. Amon Ra St. Brown's on this list twice. He has led the Lions the past two seasons in receiving yards. Hmm. <laughs> Give me Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is on this list. He led the Chiefs in rushing in 2020. I'll take uh, Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams is on this list. He led the Lions in rushing last season. DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift is on this list. He led the Lions in rushing in 2021. Uh, Pacheco. 
Pacheco is on this list. He led the Chiefs in rushing last season. Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones Jr. is on this list. He led the Lions in receiving in 2020. Makes the best I've ever done. Now for the one that I'm shocked none of us said yet, Tyreek Hill. (laughs) (laughs) Tyreek Hill would be on this list four times. He led the Chiefs in receiving as a receiver, anyway, four times from 2018 to 2021. Mm. So last year, if we're eliminating Kelsey, that would be the next receiver on the Chiefs. That's correct. Good friend. Had to be had, had to be a wide receiver. Good friend huh. of yours, Phil. I'm gonna say, man, was it? I'll, I'll, I'll say Juju. Juju Smith-Schuster was the leading wide receiver for last year. Kansas City, 933 yards, pretty good year. Cream Hunt. Nice pull. Kareem Hunt is on this list. 2018 led the Chiefs in rushing. Do we have to name players that we're offended by? <laughs> mm. Now it gets a little tough. You guys got the, the ones I expected you to get. What year did you say Jamal Williams led the Lions? Last year. And you had Swift in 21 when you... 2019 and 18. Oh my god. <sighs> I'm really coming up empty here. Pass. <laughs> Alright, I have a couple names. Um... I'm going to say Damian Williams from the Chiefs, 21. Damian Williams, not 21, but led the Chiefs in 2019. Okay. So that is correct. Cause takes the W. All right, I passed. Let me take it. See you again. Running backs. Chiefs running backs, I thought, were the tough ones. Or the toughest ones, I thought. I don't know if the... I don't know the one the that caught this guy and the other one. I don't know if the years line up. Um, but let's go wide receiver. Golden Tate. Golden Tate is not on this ah! He finished second a multitude of times during this period. I think like three times. Two or three times. He's not on this list. It was very close one year. It was only not too um, far behind. Amir Abdullah? Amir Abdullah's not on this list. Uh, that was a good pull, though. 2017, I believe he would have been. But he was not. There's a, a highly touted prospect in running back, and I want to say he was a keeper in this league. I'm not positive about that. That the Lions drafted that they thought was going to be very good that didn't pan out. You just described Amir Abdullah, I think. <laughs> there's, a, um, there's a future Hall of Famer on this list, if you guys are interested in those kind of guys. Um, might want to switch up your strategy if you're going to pick them, though. What does that mean? Switch up. Switch. 
he was known for using a switch on his children. <laughs> we met Kareem Hunt. <laughs> There's another one. <laughs> Adrian Adrian Peterson. This is the NFL. Adrian Peterson? Adrian Peterson led the Lions in 2020. Alleged switch. Alleged. <laughs> this is a public podcast. So, there's two guys left. One receiver for Detroit did it in 1819, and one running back did it for Detroit in 1819. Um, LeGarrette Blunt? LeGarrette Blunt, I believe, was 17, would have been for the Lions. Um, would have been on, or no, he was, I think he was second in one of them, but it's the same guy. It's Carrion Johnson. Oh, yeah. Was the Lions running back. Carrion Johnson. What about like a Theo Riddick? <laughs> He's got to be somewhere on that. <laughs> so that's all the running backs for, for that for the Lions. The twenty-one um, Chiefs is it Daryl Williams? It is Daryl Williams was leading. Oh my god! The Chiefs have had some bareback, bare bones, bareback, bareback, <laughs> bare bones years. I thought for sure we were going to get a Jamal Charles from Phil. <laughs> Barry Sanders is Barry not off bones. Has to be here. And the uh, Detroit wide receiver still in the league. Pretty good player. Two really good years in a row. Kenny G. No. Kenny, G- Kenny Galladay. 2,000-yard seasons back-to-back in those two years. You said he's still a good player? No. Was a good player. Was. Got it. Still in the league. Guys did a pretty decent job with that. All right. Pretty good question. Not bad. Um... All right, let's talk about the draft. <clears throat> um, had some conversations with guys after the draft. We all talked about how it was a weird draft. I think this was the first year that probably 75% of the league, the first time they looked at lists of players was that morning, um, which is just, you know, we're getting old, so it is what it is. Um, you know, Ed had money and drafted the first player, so that was that was weird. Um, the other weird thing was the quarterback prices. And I think that we can attribute quarterback and tight end prices to just how poor the running back position is in the NFL right now. Um, <clears throat> so us too, as softball owners, do not want to pay running backs just like our counterparts in the NFL. Um, I think my most expensive player was like $24. Um same thing with Fegley. His most expensive drafted player was a bench player, Zay Flowers, at twenty six dollars. Um, so there was just it was very strange. Uh, we didn't have Spears there to bid all the quarterbacks up to two. I think the first time Peyton did it for his dad, we stuck him with one, so he stopped doing it. Um, <laughs> yeah, who, who did I throw out there that I stuck him with? Uh, he got. Oh, Deshaun Watson? Yes, Deshaun Watson. Which, I, that's still not a bad buy at two bucks. We had the whole Calvin Ridley thing at the draft. Um, <laughs> so, overall, though, I thought it was pretty good. Um, anything you guys want to talk about specifically from draft day? Yeah, I mean, it, it was, you, you hit it right on the head. I mean, this was a draft where you might have been lowballing with the 75%. Um, <laughs> it was just it didn't seem and I and I don't want to disrespect everyone but I, it didn't seem like anyone really had a plan <laughs> it was more just hey let's show up and see what happens um, I know it was for me um, 
not a whole lot of strategy going in. I had a couple of players in mind that I really wanted. Got got a couple of them and didn't really have a plan after that. It seemed like every year we go in, you know, Ed's usually going to have a plan right down to the dollar of amounts he wants to spend on guys. I feel like the Storms brothers usually have a, a pretty good plan of in their head of what the, what they're doing. It didn't seem like <laughs> seem like they were the same as they usually are uh, and then obviously Spears not not just throwing money around like crazy um, certainly changed things up but just seemed like it was a more relaxed atmosphere more uh, just people winging it yeah I don't know there were a lot of names thrown out late and people bidding those names up that led me to believe that there, there was some level of research done. It wasn't complete shot in the dark. I mean, there were players I just hadn't researched late that were coming out. Uh, I will say the quarterback position was weird. Like, I shouldn't have been able to get Josh Allen for 10. I just think he was the first one thrown out. I had bid on so many players up at that point that people were just like, Hey, whatever. Let's see what happens with the rest of them. Um, so I, I, I did have budgeted to go considerably higher on him. The other point I'll make: the, the league still seems to be very much swayed by a lot of the, the trends that we're seeing out on TikTok and people that are are trying to drive eyeballs and subscribers like there, there, there's no reason I, I maybe I'm completely dead wrong but all the rankings I'm looking at there, there's no reason Devontae Smith should go for more than AJ Brown um, AJ Brown has, has a history he's just did it in this exact same offense and scenario he's ranked wide receiver 5 6 as a consensus whereas Devontae Smith is 13 or 14 and that's building in a lot of upside from what he was able to show. So that there were there were things that happened during the draft that I look at and just say people want the, the next big thing and they're swayed by stuff that's getting posted out there. There's not a lot of logic behind it. I, I don't DeAndre Hopkins shouldn't go for eighteen dollars. He he's a really good player. He's in a, a an offense in Tennessee that doesn't have a lot going on around him. He's going to get a lot of targets. They're going to be playing from behind. So that, and you look at DeAndre Hopkins for eighteen and George Pickens for twenty-eight. So there, there's there's pockets of that, but for the most part, I thought people did a pretty good job. I didn't come away maybe one or two teams where I looked at it and just said like, "What the hell are you doing?" Um, Shane in the RB two position type of thing, but for the most part, I thought people did a, a pretty good job, and it, it was better research than what what I think you guys are representing. Uh, speaking of DeAndre Hopkins, you guys want to fill the league in to your little bet that you made? Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> Phil just taking shots right after the gate. I love it. Um, a little little side action here after the draft. Phil was Phil was displeased with the Hopkins and Pickens disparity in the draft. Um, so we got a little little gentleman side bet, little hundred bucks side bet here. Um, Pickens versus Hopkins. Um, head head on, head to head, rest of the season. I, off, I offered two bets. I said, I'll take Hopkins versus Pickens, and then I'll also give you as a side 
Pickens isn't going to be top 20. Yeah, I took the Hopkins versus versus Pickens one. So, <laughs> I don't know which one you'd rather, but I, I, like... I want it both. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the Steelers are very good, but a lot of people are high on them this year. So They're getting a lot of hype right now. For some reason. A lot of hype. Um, let's go through. I'll give you a, a surprising bid from each team that you guys can comment on. We'll have a little fun. Um, were you guys surprised that Tyler Lockett ended up on the Desert Dogs? <laughs> no, and I feel like you got a pretty Next topic. Too. Next topic. No. No one's surprised by that. He was a player I would have loved to have on my team. What would you get him for, Cause It was low. 15. Yeah. I mean, he's just a guy that I feel like everyone just thinks uh, this guy's eventually going to fall off, and he just doesn't. <laughs> he's like a Julian Edelman type of guy that's... Like everyone's like, oh, this guy's not going to keep doing it, but he's clearly a very good player. Um, probably should go closer to the thirty dollar range. Um, you guys made me but, pay a tax though. I got him for six dollars last year. Not uh not the question that you asked, but I think you've got a good team, but it's like a average ninety two a week team. So get your doors blown off by the really good teams. Beat the teams when they have bad weeks. Like they're yeah. all. Like, right, RB1, RB2 border, wide receiver one, wide receiver two border outside of CD. Yes, it's very average. Yeah. Hopefully keep me competitive till the trade deadline. That's the goal. Um, <laughs> T-Bag went back to the DJ Morewell. Oh, God. I need to know what the thought process <laughs> was there. Yeah. Anytime I, I, you can get a Bears receiver, you have to do it. I am ready to get hurt again. You know, <laughs> I'm 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 the biggest DJ Moore hater on the on the pod. I'm probably in the league. Um, Only twenty nine. When uh, was that? What I paid twenty eight or twenty nine? Twenty nine. Yeah. Twenty nine. Yeah, a little more expensive than I wanted wanted to pay. I did want him. Um, uh, I guess I'm buying into the fields fields more hype. Um, not excited about it, but wanted to see what it was like. Um, think there could be something there. Could be some potential for it, a lot of big plays. Um, we'll see if he breaks out now that he's in a in a place that he actually wants to be in. Do you guys remember the Bears commies Thursday night game when we had hundreds of dollars of SGPs on <laughs> Justin Fields? Good God. Um Remember when Justin Fields had 70 yards passing against the Packers in the Sunday night game? I think it was like week three or week four last year. <laughs> Phil, I thought this was a good buy on your team. Dalvin Cook for 19. I thought that was a, uh, thought that was a nice grab. He's on a, a one-year prove-it contract. They're in a win-now mode with, with A-Rod back there. Um, I know he lost a step, but... Just like the rest of my team, I'm going to pay to see it. I, I still think he's got a little bit of tread left on the tires. He's going to pass inspection, and he'll get some touches. Yeah, I thought that was a decent buy. It's, it's going to be interesting to see how that, that Jets offense shakes out. Um, got to expect it's, going to, it's obviously going to be better. Um, you get a, a proven quarterback. Um, always nice to have the Rodgers running back as well. Um, should be a lot of scoring opportunities and I mean we've seen Aaron Jones be obviously Aaron Jones is a very good player but um, see him be very successful um, 
for the past five, six seasons. So I'm um, gotta believe Cook gets somewhere near double digit touchdowns. I feel like um, gonna be interesting to see when Brees Hall comes back. What what happens there? I mean, I, I went back and forth a lot on keeping Derrick Henry because I, I thought he was gonna go for seventy five at the draft. Like I, I I really thought that like a guy when you have guys starting with stacks at 240, 230, being able to, to pick somebody up that you can just lock in to a solid RB slot. He's only, I mean, he's 29. Like, he's hes taken more hits than a lot of other guys have. But I thought getting him less than what I would have kept him at, I, I, I couldn't believe it coming out of the draft, or even as it was happening. Yeah, I mean, he's had some feet injuries, I think, the last two years. That's the scary thing, I guess. Like, obviously, as a running back, feet are important, but you can't really argue with his ability to play through things and take big workloads. I mean, that that bill is going to come due here someday um, on him. I don't know if it's this year yet, but I'd imagine when he goes, it's going to go quickly and, and poorly. So, you know, you're just hoping it's not this year, obviously. So... Um, the on Fegley's team, there were two players, one on his team, one drafted by another team, but Mike Evans and Chris Godwin went for a combined $25 in this draft. Mike Evans went for $18. Obviously, uh, there's no more Winston. There's no more Tom Brady. Um, not really sure what we're going to get out of Baker Mayfield there, but I thought $18 from Mike Evans was a very good price. Yeah, I mean, you can just see everyone just shying away from the Tampa Bay offense. I mean, the, the Baker Mayfield effect there. Um, still two really, really good players. I mean, Mike Evans is arguably already a Hall of Fame player. He's very close, if not already in. Um, a thousand-yard monster. Um, do we see that come to an end this year? I, I believe we do. Um, but I still don't see a reason we can't see eight to 900 yards and close to double digit touchdown just because he's a monster in the red zone. I, I thought we just saw Mike Evans agent put out a statement saying, if you don't get paid by maybe it was today or tomorrow, like he's effectively done and just looking for a trade. Yep. So he, he's not happy. Godwin, I'm, I'm not surprised by Godwin. I got Godwin for $6 last year at the trade deadline in an offense that was quarterback by Tom Brady. He, he, he's a flex play, uh, and now he's got a lot of unknowns at the quarterback position, and nobody really knows what to make out of the offense. Maybe, they, maybe they're a little bit better than they were last year, all things considered, because they weren't very good last year. Uh, Evans, you're probably betting on a trade, and take a few weeks off, learn a new offense. There's a lot of unknowns with those guys. Um, Over to Jason's team. His big buy was Josh Jacobs at $39, uh, coming off one of the better running back seasons we've seen in the last couple years. Um, You know, they signed him to a one-year deal. This is most likely, I'd say, 99% his last year in the Raiders organization. I fully expect him, if he's healthy and able, to get 40 
or 400 touches um, this year for that team. Really good buy for $39 um, if you believe that he can maintain the levels that he had last year. What'd you, what do you guys think about Jacobs? I thought that was one of the better running back buys in the draft. I feel like Josh Jacobs, even by myself, is always just overlooked. Mm-hmm. Um, just seems like an overlooked player. Um, I don't I don't really know why. He's been pretty good. Um, and obviously he was outstanding last year. Um, not sure what it is. I mean, they, they have a competent quarterback. Jimmy G's not great, but he's at least relevant. Um expect him to have a great year. I, I expect him to use him as a workhorse. They're, they're going to they're run him until he, until he breaks. Um, so, I mean, I expect him really another another good year out of Jacobs this year, so that was a great buy by, by Rankin, I think. I know what it is. Last year, speaking, I, I mentioned the, the TikTok trends and this high mentality around fantasy football. Everybody was out on Josh Jacobs last year. Everybody said He's going to be a buzz. He's getting drafted way too high. And that was when he was getting drafted as like RB9, RB10. Yep. And then he made all of these guys look like complete idiots last year with the season that he had. So no, nobody came into this year hyping him up because of how silly he made so many of these so-called experts look last year. I agree. He's a great buy at 39. Uh, he silenced everybody last year and there's no reason that he's not going to do it again on a proven contract. Mad Dogs put together what I think, well, let's just one more thing on the flock. Um, pretty decent squad. Kept Burrow and Walker for cheap. Added Jacobs, Higgins, Mark Andrews, and Madison. It's pretty thin after that, though. Right now, Odell Beckham's his number two wide receiver on his team. Um, so we'll see. He's going to have to definitely beat up receiver on the waiver wire. Um, Mad Dogs. Sounds like, a, sounds like a trade partner. Yeah, there you go. Um, Mad Dogs put together what I think was a pretty good draft. Kept Pollard, Pierce, added Hertz. Um, the buy, I guess there's two buys I'd like to just briefly discuss for this team. Uh, Kyle Pitts at $23. Um, you know, that's like playing Russian roulette. And then Devonta Smith was the last wide receiver of a tier. There was definitely a talent gap when Devonta Smith came out. It was at a weird point in the draft with a lot of money out there and he went for $50. Um, I'd only... like to note that was, that was post people realizing Ridley was kept. <laughs> yeah. I so think some I people think... were saving bullets in the chamber for that one. I think it was. Um, but still very interesting to see him go for $50 I thought even at that point in the draft. But But we see that happen every year. You get to a gap, there's one good player left, there's a couple teams with money, and a mid-level player goes for an insane amount of money. And and Devonta Smith, mid-level, might not even be fair. He could very easily be a top-20 receiver, but I feel like there were one or two games last year where he didn't catch a pass. And typically you don't see those players go for $50. So. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, Devontae Smith was outstanding last year. I mean, obviously, Smith, Brown, the Eagles offense was just outstanding. Um, it got to a point where I think it was Mick and I think Fegley had the most money at that time. I think Bull had a bunch of money. I forget who he was bidding against. It was um, Bull, I want to say. I think you're right. Yeah. 
um, it, it was just a weird spot where there was there was a gap of like in the rankings of, of where Smith was and the next guy closest guy was like 15 to 20 spots down on the rankings I feel like um, kind of got just I don't know if there was people were waiting for him just one of those odd things where he, he got thrown out at a really late point in the draft um, I don't know that it's a terrible but I, I still think Smith is a really great player um, one of those guys though that like you said, there's there's some weeks where you just shake your head and you're like, how is how does he end up with like two catches for <laughs> for nothing? Um, but overall, I don't think he's gonna be disappointed with that buy. Yeah, yeah, just more of a, re- a result of where he was thrown. You, you you do see it from from year to year, and look, I, I like him. I think he's a good player. I think he's going to have a good year. Um, just not a $50 year. Um, franchise. Bunch of, uh, you know, good players. I don't know if there's a great player on this team outside of Jamar Chase. Mike Williams was a good buy at $6. Um, you know, Debo Samuel, 25 That's one of the lower levels that we've seen him go for. DeAndre Swift, we don't know who the running back's going to be for the Eagles. If it's him at $16, that's an amazing value. Um, let's talk about Javante Williams. He was a darling of fantasy leagues last year. $35 in this draft. Um, don't really know what he's going to be coming off the ACL last year. Um, but obviously, if he's healthy, I think people like him. So what do you guys think about Javante Williams? Yeah, I love that buy. I wanted him. Um, I think it's. I think it's going to be a really end up being a really good play. I mean, it's going to going to determine whether or not he, uh, Ty can stay in it until then. I think, but I, I think Javante's going to come back and be really good um, latter half of the year. Um, I, I believe in Sean Payton's offense. I think, think he's going to be able to do some things. I'm not not a believer in Russell Wilson. Per se, but I, I think Sean Payton will be able to turn things around. I think Javante's going to have a really nice second half of the year. I like Jacobs a lot more at thirty-nine. Um, stop the question. I don't. I don't really know what to make out of the Broncos running backs. They're they're due for a, a bounce back here. <clears throat> the entire offense is. I don't hate it at thirty-five. We'll we'll see. Uh, but I'm not sure he's even, even healthy. He's going to get like the solid RB one snaps in that offense. Uh, I, I think it's going to be very much a split backfield, and you'll have like a rotating carousel. And you mentioned DeAndre Swift. Man, if you can pick out which Eagles running back is going to be healthy and get a majority of the carries. Like you, you have a significant advantage over the rest of the league. Um, just a matter of is it DeAndre the guy that the Lions were pretty quick to get rid of and draft a running back replacement and just say hey we're out on him I don't know the my opinion on Javante Williams and just the Broncos in general you know I've heard some good things should be better than it was last year I agree with you Shane 
not a big Sean Payton fan. I don't really like him, but he's obviously proven himself as a an outstanding head coach and offensive mind. He's already taken one quarterback that people thought, you know, not necessarily might be done, but he's taken one quarterback and turned him into one of the greatest of all time instead of just a really good quarterback. Um, I'm of the belief that with the Broncos, I'll just completely stay away. And I'm either going to be right or wrong, but it's not something I want to get involved in. It's something I have to see with my own eyes before I make any decisions there. So the Broncos in general were just to stay away from me in the draft. All right. Um, next team, Nevermore. Jameer Gibbs for $46. Um, I've been in two drafts with Tyrus this year. He took Gibbs in both of them. Obviously very high on him. I think he threw him out as the second player in the draft and very aggressively basically was going to get him. And then David Montgomery gets the, the first carries for Detroit. Now, I know Gibbs went, what, 12th overall in the draft. Um, and obviously there's a lot of talent, speed, everything there with him. He's an elusive player. They're going to use him out of the backfield, maybe even a little bit as a slot receiver. Um, I just I can't get behind that. So I didn't know where you guys stood on Gibbs. As far as I think it's just too rich of a price to pay, pay for something that we're not sure it's going to even be a thing. Yeah, I know where Phil's going with this. I like Gibbs. I think he's going to be very good. I think I'm, I'm just buying the line just like everyone else is preseason here. Um, I think they're going to be good. I think the offense is going to, going to be really solid this year. Um, it's mainly because I like their offensive line. Um, but... I know what Phil's going to say. The price was a little steep for a rookie running back, but uh, I, I don't know if he's going to be disappointed. I think Gibbs carves out a nice role. Um, we've already seen him be pretty effective in the passing game here tonight. So This is one of those examples of the TikTok trends. A lot of people were really high on Gibbs. Um, when, when, when you're not the solid RB1 in an offense, it, it's tough for me to pay $46. I, I know he's a rookie, and a lot of people like the shiny new toy versus the, the dusted-off-on-the-shelf Alvin Kamara at $24. Um, I'm just not there, and I, I like to see some of these guys in action and actually produce on the field before I pay that kind of money. Some some players are, are the exception, like Robinson. That That's what I would consider to be an exception, but a lot of people were high on Gibbs. He was a quote-unquote sleeper on just about everybody's draft board, and I like him. I, I think he's going to have a fine season, but I, I also think he's going to get vultured a lot at the goal line. Yeah, I think David Montgomery's an easy bet for that Jamal Williams role last year where he's the goal line guy. I do agree with Shane. I like the teacher in offense, but when it comes time to punch it in inside the five, I think Montgomery's getting those looks more so than Gibbs. I would bet Gibbs gets a ton of yards this year, but when it comes to touchdowns, give me Montgomery. Um, Abuseman Park, obviously a good team, number one in the ESPN uh, preseason prediction rankings, but... Cooper Cup for $39. Obviously, 
could be the best pick in the draft. But I think it's just as likely, if not more likely, that maybe he doesn't play this season. Um, what did you guys think about Cup? Yeah, risky buy. Risky buy. I mean, great player, obviously. Um, that was probably the, the biggest question mark of any player in the draft was, was Cooper Cup. Um, what did he go for, Kaz? $39. Yes, I mean, I mean, 39 a healthy Cooper Cup, that's clearly an absolute steal. Um, <laughs> like you said, is, is he going to play? Um, is he going to be effective when he plays? Um Really got to wait and see. It's going to kind of be make or break for uh, for Beesman Park. Man, the last report I read on Cooper Cup before the draft was he was seeking out a hamstring specialist for a second opinion to try and figure out what was going on with it. I don't think the Rams are going to have a lot to play for this season. I don't see there being any reason for him to try and play through an injury if he's 50 or 60%. I'm just, it was a stay away for me in every draft I had this year, and it continues to be that I don't think the Rams are very good. I don't think they have a lot to play for, and he's better off sitting, getting healthy, while he doesn't even know what's going on with his body. Yeah, I think the Rams would rather uh, let him, like you said, let him sit this year. Probably go three and fourteen, and maybe have themselves kill Williams in the draft next year. So that's where I think that's going um, for them. You really think that three win- the Cardinals are going to get to three wins? <laughs> well, they they play each other twice, so those two games are going to be just great watches. So. Put them on Thursday night, baby. Have to color rush that thing up. Make it watch. Oh, man. Uh, oh, God. Justin Fields for $21. Um, this is a pro Jerry Judy podcast. I don't know that it's a pro Justin Fields podcast. The running back. But speaking of TikTok <laughs> trends, um, Justin Fields is one of the sexy names this year in fantasy football world. Um. I don't know, 21's not awful. It's behind guys like Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, uh, Mahomes, Hurts, guys that I guess Fields should be behind. But, you know, he still has fantasy value. So, regardless of what we think about him as a quarterback, he probably will pay off that $21 bid. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little in on Fields. I liked what he did last year. Um Turned himself into a QB1, top 10. Um, the rushing yards are intriguing. Rushing yards are intriguing. Um, kind of like a poor man's Cam Newton, I guess. Maybe even somewhere around um, Cam Newton level, if, if that's kind of what you paid for. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens here. I think Fields might be a little better than uh, Mr. Bruce is going to expect here with his, with, with his comments. Yeah, I'm fine with Fields at 21. You're going to just know going into it, you're going to have those weeks where he puts up 11, 12 points and 50 of those those yards are coming on the ground. 
and maybe throws a touchdown with two or three picks. He's inconsistent. If he has any more of those Packers night games where he throws for 70 yards, <laughs> everybody's questioning whether or not he's an NFL quarterback. If you're willing to live with that, there's a lot of upside, and he's going to have those games where he runs it in three times. Um, but he, he probably went right where he should in that tier behind the top two guys, top three guys, in this case with Lamar. I'm fine with it. Just know you're you're probably signing up for some frustration. Yeah, there's gonna be there's gonna be some tough weeks, but the rushing floor raises raises the boat there with him. Um Bull Weevils. A couple guys we could talk about on here, you know, Christian Watson's not healthy right now. Um David Montgomery, $22. We talked about how Gibbs may eat into some of his stuff. Brees Hall, $26. But I don't think it would be a draft podcast if we didn't discuss Joe Mixon. Uh, Phil Bruce, big Joe Mixon fan. What do you guys think of $50 for Joe Mixon? My thoughts are um, very similar to Josh Jacobs. Probably his last year with the Bengals. He's going to get a workload. He's really the only guy in town, but is he eleven dollars better than Josh Jacobs? I'm not sure. Yeah, I've never really been a huge Mixon guy. Um, he's been really good, um, proven that he's a pretty much an RB one, right on that end of that RB one tier. Um, I I just think that. He's going to fall off at some point here. Um, I think it's going to be this year. So I'm out on Mixon for this year. I think uh, we're going to see a little bit of a drop-off. You've been saying that for the last four years. <laughs> uh, I'm fine with Mixon. He's an RB1. I was surprised he got bid all the way up to 50 because he's just not He's not a very sexy name that people are really excited about, but he's solid. He's got the workload. He'll get the touches. Uh, I'm fine with him here. I just thought he would be closer to like 40, 42, 44 range. But I understand why he got bit up to 50, and I'm fine with him at 15. All right, last team, Steel Curtain. Um, obviously came in with a bunch of money, allocated $75 right out of the gate to McCaffrey, and then 44 to Najee shortly thereafter. The player I want to talk about is Darren Waller. Um, tied with TJ Hawkinson for the most expensive tight end to go in the draft at $36. Um, we saw a disappointing season from Waller last year, really unable to stay healthy. I think even the last two years have been that way for him. But the Giants went out and traded for him. He's probably the top receiving target for Daniel Jones and the Giants. Um, good offensive mind with Brian Dable, Daniel Jones getting a little bit of buzz too as well. Um, so definitely could be a bounce back season for Darren Wall. He's getting a lot of lot of hype right now. He looked good in camp and everything. So I think winning the tight end position is a great way to give yourself a big advantage in this league. And Ed may have set himself up for that. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean I think it was a little expensive, but. I mean, I think the thing you got to like about Waller is who else is going to catch the ball for New York? Um, not a lot of 
should I say, proven <laughs> wide receiver talent there. I mean, got a lot of lot of lot of guys that are just kind of average players. Um, got to figure that Waller's going to figure into their top one or two receivers on that team. So, um, like I said, a little expensive for my blood, but got to figure Waller ends up the season in that top five, six tight end range as long as he stays healthy. The Seawolf scouts in the Meadowlands, they're telling me he's hes the only game in town. Uh, he's been getting so much training camp work that they got to take him off the field because Daniel Jones keeps throwing to him. Number one option on that offense. I i liked him a lot coming into the draft. I liked him a lot in the 15, 16, maybe $20 range. Not 36 where he got bid up to. So I'm, I'm, I'm guessing... Some other team scouts are, are, are probably doing similar work to what my team's doing. He's going to be good. I, I I think he's going to be tight end three, tight end four this year. And it, it, it's a pretty safe bet as long as he stays healthy. All right. Anything else from the draft that you guys want to discuss that we haven't gone over yet? Nobody wants to talk about Bijan. Go for it. $69. I, I liked it. I thought it was, I thought it was good. I, hey, who, who bid him up to $69? Uh, you did. Bichon was the ultimate TikTok trend. <laughs> going viral. I don't think this league's on TikTok, Phil. All right? No, they, they are. They are. <laughs> you, you say, I'm you, glad you said that, Kaz, because I'm pretty sure if I all right, X, out of this entire league. X platform. Like... Phil might be the only one that's on TikTok. Phil's on TikTok. Ed's on TikTok. I bet Sure's on TikTok. And I would guess Micah and Tyrus are on TikTok. Other than that, I'm saying no. But I'm the only one out here grinding, (laughs) trying to drive traffic to our podcast. We're going to send out a league poll of who's on TikTok because it's got to be less than 50%, right? Papa Kaz ain't on TikTok, but he's not in the league anymore. So, when's he coming back? If you asked him, he'd be back tomorrow. I bet. We'll, we'll let him pick his own division, so he doesn't get so scared and quit before the season again. Oh God! <laughs> but Bijan, I mean, what, what do you guys think? I, w- I was good with him up until the sixty-eight, which is where I bit him. But another unproven rookie, good situation. But is it a sixty-nine dollar? good situation man uh, one of the highest hyped running backs I guess we've had in, in a while um, like the division that he plays in a lot of bad teams when obviously <clears throat> is going to give him the ball a ton um, I don't ever like paying $69 for a running back it's pretty pretty clear I don't like paying 6 um but I think he's going to be worth just about every penny. I think he's going to be really good. Top 10 running backs usually pay off. That Rookie running backs taken in the top 10 more often than not. I think they pay off. Who, who are the last few? Uh, I think he was in there. He sick, pay off. I don't know if he was top 10 in the NFL draft, I'm saying. Oh, okay. So I'm talking Zeke, um, Saquon. 
my power's flickering. It's not great. Um, so I'm just thinking of guys like Zeke, Saquon, McCaffrey, players like that. Yeah. I mean, McCaffrey's 27. He was drafted eight years ago. But, yeah, I get your point. Um, I'm good with Bijan. I think they're going to run the ball a ton. He's going to be just fine. That's my opinion. All right. Who who was the steal of the draft? Now that the price is written down in front of me, but I thought Josh Allen. Just I know you're going to bring it up. I thought he was a good buy at ten. Um, I said I don't have the prices in front of me. I can't really remember who, where I, everyone went. I I think Kamara is being criminally underdrafted across the league. I don't know how much research you did into his situation, but he hired like all of these medical experts to try and figure <laughs> out what was going on with him. Did you guys hear about this? I did hear about. One of his legs being stronger than the other or something. His right leg is three pounds heavier than his left leg. Was one thing that they found and trained and got through. And then the other was, like, he had all these heart rate issues. Where his heart rate would drop significantly after a play before his next carry. So I read those kind of off-season reports and... They work through those issues. Guy of that caliber, he's going to have a big year once he comes back from the suspension. Alleged suspension. Well, I appreciate the the love on that one. Um, I don't know. We'll see if if he's washed or not. Um, I thought Drake London at $10 was really good, too. Yep. He had an outstanding rookie season. Um, the quarterback thing can't be worse than it was with Mariota last year, so I thought $10 for Drake London was a good buy. As a sneaky sleeper, um, I told Ed this at the draft, I think Marvin Mims Jr. is going to be really good. Um, he got him for 3 bucks. I think he's going to be really, really good. I think you could see him be, I, I can see him being the, the number one rookie receiver this year. All right. There you go. There, there's the sleepers. Kamara, Josh Allen, Drake London, and Marvin Mims. All right, we're going to take a quick pause here, and then we'll get into the week one matchups. All right, let's get into the week one matchups. Um, we will start with... Uh, where do we want to go with? We'll go with the Renegades against T-Bag as our opening matchup. Um, right now, Renegades 2.4 are underdogs against uh, T-Bag. At halftime of the Thursday night opener, Pacheco 1.9, Amon Ra with a touchdown 12.8, and Sam Laporta with 3.8 for Stein. Nobody playing on the Renegades side. Um... We will start off with T-Bag. Got Kenneth, Trevor Lawrence at QB, Kenneth, Kenneth Gainwell in the RB2, Devontae Adams, 
in the wide receiver two, Keenan Allen and DJ Moore rounding out the flexes. Um, Trevor Lawrence at Indy. Sunday, 1 p.m. game. Jags heavy favorites in the AFC South. Lawrence is a sneaky MVP candidate. Um, how do you think he comes out against this hapless Colts team um, on the road in week one? Yeah, um, obviously for my sake, hoping, hoping this turns out pretty well. Played the Colts twice last year, obviously, and performed pretty well. Um, 22.5 and 26.9, so did well against them last year. I expect more of the same. Uh, obviously, I was very high on Marks. Um, I think he's going to have a big year, and I think uh, this is a good week to uh, to get Lawrence in your FanDuel lineup, so going to expect a 25-point performance out of him this week. He is just going to shred the Colts. One o'clock game. He's, I'm seeing four or five tutters oh coming out of him. I, the comment I'll make on Shane's team is, how does the top 20 wide receiver, George Pickens, not find his way into this lineup? I mean, the, the wide receiver depth on this team, while he throws Gainwell out there week to week, is just incredible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who do you want me to sit, Phil? Um, it obviously comes down to Moore or Pickens for me in my last spot there. Um, Moore's going to get the call this week against Green Bay at home. I think uh, we see a big tutter from him this week, so Moore's getting the nod this week. Um, oh. You think Fields is going to throw a pass, you're saying? That's correct. Okay. All right. Uh, Renegade side. <clears throat> Got two pretty good quarterback choices. You got Aaron Rodgers Monday night at home against Buffalo and his Jets opener. And you got Dak on Sunday night at the Giants. Which quarterback of those two would you guys play if you were Fedley? Yeah, I mean, I think you got to play Rodgers. You think that guy is going to want to do a big thing in his first game as the Jets with the, <laughs> the whole world watching Monday night? I, I Are think you calling him an egomaniac? I'm not sure, but I think Aaron Rodgers has a big ego. <laughs> um, so I would expect nothing less than 303 tutters. Um, he's going to want to show how good he is and probably have some snide remarks about Green Bay afterwards and yeah it's a, it's a big Rogers week that one's going to be a shootout and I'm, <clears throat> look I'm just happy the Renegades are finally going to play Aaron Rodgers after holding on to him the entire year last year and having him just run on the bench you got, you got to play him it's a statement game for him and I don't like I'm just not all that excited about Cowboys, Giants, Sunday night. That feels like the Friday night push squad is going to have a bunch of SGPs that get just ripped up midway through the first quarter as it ends 10 7. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right about that. That seems to be how it goes more often than not. Um, <clears throat> all right, Nick, uh, sorry, who wins? Renegades versus T Bag? Yeah, these are uh, 
the two lowest projected teams of the uh, of the week. Um, I arguably have probably not even arguably I have the worst squad in the league. Um, I'm gonna say the Renegades win this one in a relatively low scoring game. Even though I expect both quarterbacks to play well, I think Rogers is the difference on Monday night. St. Brown on pace for 25. This week one victory for the T-Baggers is, is going to be a statement victory. League notice on. <laughs> I've seen Shane win in week one with worse running backs than Pacheco in Gamewell. Um, not so fast, my friend. I'll take the Renegades as well. Uh, all right, next game. Let's go with Team Ice Cream against the Bull Weevils. Uh, Ice Cream's got Kadarius Tony out there, who had one catch for one yard in the first half. And David Montgomery, me, and Phil's pick the click in Thursday night has 3.3 at half. So, oh, God. They're both in the flex. You got to love them starting yeah. and throwing them in the flex. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, right now we have the Bull Weevils as six-point favorites in this slugfest. Um, we'll start off with the Bull Weevils. Oof. Um, <laughs> Checo hurt. Love it. Uh, Christian, oh, man. I'd say Christian, Christian Watson unlikely to play this week. Uh, he didn't practice again today. So he's going to have to find someone for the flex. Um, his options would be either Brees Hall or Nico Collins. Which one of those two are you throwing out there in the flex if you are bowl and Christian Watson can't go? I didn't, I didn't realize Hall was going to play this week. I, I apologize. That was, I thought he was uh, still going to be out for this week. Um, I think... I'm going to go with, oh, man, that's tough. That's, that's ugly. I think I, I think I'll go Collins. I'm, I'm going to, man, this is ugly. Uh, I'm probably going to go waiver wire. Uh, let, let's get some fodder on the squad. Feels like a Darnell Mooney week. Oh but, God! Let's get let's, let's get some run out of Mooney. If DJ Moore has some legs, Mooney's got some run left. <sighs> Darnell Mooney! Oh my God! Um, I'm probably going Nico Collins. I guess. I mean, you got to think Houston at Baltimore. I think it's the biggest point spread of the week. Houston's going to be throwing the ball. They're going to have to. Um, I like Nico Collins this week. I think that's, that's the play for Bull. Um, over on the ice cream side, uh, let's talk about James Conner. Uh, we've talked about Arizona and how we're not expecting much from them this year. Uh, Connor had a pretty decent year last year. Um, obviously not as good as the year before. 
at Washington against that vaunted front seven. Uh, Washington is, I think, a sexy team this offseason. People thought that they might be a team on the upswing. Go Commies. Um, I don't know. Arizona is a complete stay away from me, but week one, you see some weird things happen. Teams have a month to prepare for their opponent. You guys think James Conner puts up a good week here in week one at Washington? James Conner hater than me, I guess. Um, hard to predict a really good week when your starting quarterbacks either going to be what Josh Dobbs or Clayton Toon, I believe. Um, That's the rumor. Yeah. Um, with that being said, every time I've predicted James Conner not be good, he scores a touchdown. So. Guess he gets in the end zone this week, so give me double digits for him. Even with the tough matchup, you thinking? Yeah, yeah. Man, we are just. I think everybody's out on the Cardinals' offense this year, but somebody's got to get touches. They're gonna snap the ball a bunch of times. <laughs> like somebody has to be in line. What? Why not Connor? Why not now? This is his time. I like him. Rest of the season, RB2. I like him this week, too. Despite the very difficult matchup. Yeah, I think he gets the 10 points. Uh, He's shown that he can produce in the passing game there. I'm sure they'll be dumping stuff down. So, 10 points out of your RB2. Can't be too disappointed in that, I guess. Who do you have winning this one? Ice cream, bull evils. Yeah, taking Kelsey out of that lineup. Um, yeah, makes a big difference. Makes a, makes a big, big difference. Ice cream's got a pretty good squad if you see that Kelsey name slotted in there. Um, especially on an on a opening Thursday night, you would have got the money that we would have poured into SGPs on him scoring two tutters. Two or three um, tutters. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go with the bull, the bull weevils. Oh uh, yeah, based on what Tony's done so far out of that flex one spot, <laughs> um, I'm going bull. Um, I'll still take ice cream. Um, I think Fields, Robinson, Jefferson. Enough to get it done. Those three guys are going to be pretty good this week, I believe. All right, next matchup. Let's go Fleetwood franchise against the Flock. Right now, Flock are 13-point favorites. Fleetwood franchise, Sky Moore in the Flex 2 has point four. Um, Not great, but I guess not really sure about Javante Williams or DeAndre Swift and Putting more in there with Kelsey out. I think that makes sense. Uh, he's got Tua, Brian Robinson, Miles Sanders, Jamar Chase, Debo, Dallas Goddard, Jahan Dotson, Sky Moore, Flock Scott Burrow, Kenneth Walker, Josh Jacobs, T. Higgins, Odell, Mark Andrews, Alexander Madison, and Samaj Pirine. Um, let's go Flock, Burrow, and Higgins at Cleveland. 
How about we do our first over-under? Uh, over-under 40 points for Burrow and T. Higgins in this matchup. Yeah, I'm going to take uh, the under. Um, I think this one's going to be a little low scoring. Um, I don't expect it to be a shootout, so I'm going to expect right around 20 for Burrow and maybe like a 12, 13 for Higgins, somewhere in that range. Yeah, we tend to see some pretty weak weak and, and, and weird stuff in week one. I'm, I'm going to take the under just because of that. I think they get off to a little bit of a slower start um, and just come in just shy of that. I don't think Joe Burrow's ever lost to Cleveland. Um, and for some reason, people really like this Browns team this year. Their, their over-under was like weirdly high. Not sure why. Um, 40 might be a little steep, though. I'm going to say under as well. We'll make it a clean sweep on that. Um, I think 35 is probably a better number. Over on the franchise side, uh, Miles Sanders went for a decent amount in the draft. He's really the only game in town in Carolina. The receivers are DJ Chark and uh, Adam Thielen. But rookie quarterback, not necessarily sure what you're going to get out of him. Uh, Divisional matchup on the road in week one. What do you guys think about Miles Sanders at Atlanta for week one? Yeah. I'm expecting uh, not great things. Um, I think it's a decent matchup. Obviously, I don't know that Atlanta's very good, but a guy that benefited from having the best offensive line in football, now going to go to Carolina, um, where things aren't going to be as rosy. Um, rookie quarterback, not a whole lot of talent around him. There's going to be some some pressure put in that backfield. Um, not they're going to make Bryce Young, I think, beat them, but I'm not sure he's going to be able to do that. Um, so I, I would I would temper my expectations for Sanders this year. Um, just went from an absolute golden situation to to a pretty shitty one. I think my issue with Sanders is. I, I never thought he was very good. He didn't impress me when he was at Penn State. He didn't impress me early years in the Eagles offense and didn't produce at all that high of a level in the best situation possible to Shane's point. I just don't think he's a very good player and could see him out of the league and after next season. So I guess that means I'm out on him this year and out on him this week, even though he might be able to put up some okay numbers, but it's it's going to be sporadic. Um, I bet he punches one in this week. So, I think his projection's pretty spot on at 13. I think that's a good number for him. So, I can see him uh, getting a goal line carry and, and punching one in. Who do you have winning franchise versus Flock? Yeah, pretty disappointing start here for Sky Moore, obviously. I mean, a lot of game left here. Um, would have expected uh, more, but it looks like Rishi Rice was the beneficiary. Um, 
said at the draft, Skymore stinks, and it looks like that's still the case. Um, still think, and this one's tight. Um, give me the flock in a really close one. so far so uh, next game Mad Dogs versus Nevermore uh, right now Mad Dogs are two and a half point favorite Nevermore's gotten 4.6 out of Gibbs here uh, early in the third quarter Nevermore's got Lamar James Cook Jameer Gibbs Calvin Ridley Stephon Diggs Dalton Kincaid Aaron Jones Raheem Mostert and then Mad Dogs Jalen Hurts Tony Pollard Damian Pierce Devonta Smith, Cortland Sutton, Kyle Pitts, Rashad White, and Jordan Addison. Um, we'll start off with Nevermore. To the house, DeAndre Swift. What? 32 for the Lions, pick six. That's that minus three Shane was talking about. It's a bit, It's a big deal. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Mahomes through a pick six. Um, We're off the rails. What do you got? What's your bet on Calvin Ridley's week one performance? (laughs) I was just looking at him. I'm glad you brought him up. Uh, It just seems like like a great week. He's scoring Tutter this week. (laughs) Right before you said this, I was like, I got to get an SGP of a Ridley Tutter this week. Um, He's getting in the end zone. Um, one of those four or five tutters Phil talked about for, for Lawrence is going Ridley's way. How did you not draft Ridley and just get that super stack in your lineup every single week? <laughs> that Lawrence-Ridley connection. Man, that was sweet. Oh, you're a dick. But he... It, look, he, he's been training the last two years. It's not like he's been injured and he's missed time. He's, he's ready to go, and my scouts are telling me nobody's outworking him in that building. First to show up, last to leave. Guy's got his lunch pail. He's he's ready for a top-tier wide receiver one season. Um, I think he's got a decent game, too. I think he's going to have a nice one. Um, I don't see how Indianapolis covers him. Yeah. 
All right. Sure. He, he was wide receiver five in 2020. Yeah. You guys both loved him. Yep. Loved him this year. Um, all right, Mad Dogs. How does Jalen Hurts open the campaign coming off the Super Bowl loss at New England? This one's tricky. Um, Hurts was obviously outstanding last year um, in leading the Seawolves to uh, the franchise's first title. Um, obviously, I don't, think he, I don't think he started in the, the championship game. I don't think he was playing. But, sure. Daniel uh, Jones put up 45. But, uh, I mean, was just outstanding the rest of the season um, to get you there. Um, this one's a little tricky for me. I think he has a pretty slow start. Um, I'm still a Belichick believer. I think the Patriots are going to be undervalued. I think they're going to be better than you think, and I think they're, they're tough at home. So I think it's a little slower start. I, I'd like a little lower scoring game in that Eagles-Patriots game. Um, but still, Chip has put up solid numbers. The rushing yards are going to be there. Not be surprised at all if he scores a touchdown on the ground for sure. So um, somewhere around 20 points. I'm going to have to ask you to, to go off camera the next time you talk about Bill Belichick because <laughs> I, I just didn't need to see that um, inappropriate family podcast. Headline, Monday morning, newspapers here in Philadelphia will be Hurts so bad. New England's going to be better than you guys think this year. Uh, well, Shane obviously thinks they're going to be pretty good, but they're going to be better than a lot of the experts, especially the TikTok or I shouldn't say TikTok, the ex-experts believe on the Patriots. I think Eagles go to New England. They've been hearing about how good they were last season. There's going to be a little bit of a hangover. They've been hearing about how good their draft was. Everybody on the planet said they had the best draft possibly ever. But Belichick knows a thing or two about shutting down Russian quarterbacks. He's been around the block. He's going to get in his lab, cook something up. Low scoring, 17-14 slugfest. And I think the Pats come out on top on Sunday. Um, Pat D's getting a lot of love this offseason, but I just think um, this is a tough matchup for New England. I think too much of that offense goes there hurts, so I'm expecting a good one from him. Who do you have winning Mad Dogs Nevermore? Yeah, pretty good matchup here. Um, well scoring potential, I feel like, but a little disappointing so far from Gibbs. Thought he was going to do a little more, but I like playing game left. Um, I think I'm going to go Mad Dogs in this one. I like the matchups better. Just a little bit. I think, although I think Lamar has a pretty nice game. Oh my God, Lamar is on fifty burger watch. Texans at home, Jesus. Statement just got his new contract. Wow. Um, I think just the Lamar hurts advantage for this one week is big enough to take Nevermore and, and overcome this low start from Jameer Gibbs here. Give me. 
give me Nevermore, and it's a bigger margin of victory than, than you might expect. I will take uh, Nevermore as well in this one. All right. Uh, Park versus Desert Dogs. Right now, Park is 1.3 point favorites. Pick six from Mahomes just hurt, so he's down to 18.34 for me. Uh, about halfway through the third quarter. On uh, my side, Mahomes, Ramondre, Khalil Herbert, CeeDee Lamb, Tyler Lockett, Evan Ingram, DeAndre Hopkins, and Michael Thomas. Park Scott Russ, Travis Etienne, Nick Chubb, Tyreek Hill, DK Metcalf, Hawkinson, Marquise Brown, Adam Thielen. Um, on the dog side, what do you guys think about Khalil Herbert? Uh, making his debut as the starting running back for the Bears against Green Bay. Oh, I think uh, Roscoe Johnson takes uh, takes over by the second half of that game. It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> Roscoe truth the podcast. Presents himself as the Bears bell cow. Did he get um, cut? No, he didn't get cut. <laughs> um, no, I think Herbert's a good player. Um, I would expect him to have a very nice week this week. I think the Bears are going to be able to do some things. I think the Packers are going to be pretty bad. Um, would expect them to be more of a five to six win team. So I don't think they're going to be very good. So I, I expect the Bears to win. Um, I think Herbert punches one in. Give him a nice 15-point week. Yeah, he looked pretty good last year when, when he got the carries. He, he flashed. I think he's fine. I think he's uh, an RB2, maybe lower-end RB2, and has a nice week this week. Um, I'm expecting him to get um, a bunch of touches, obviously. Um, And I always think running backs benefit from having Russian quarterbacks. So that's why I'm excited about Herbert, if he can stay healthy. Um, on the, uh, park side, let's talk about TJ Hawkinson. He was my tight end last year. He was fantastic. I think he's the number two receiver for the Vikings. Obviously got, um, the big payday. You think he's going to get more targets and yards than Addison? Yes. Oh my God. Bet. I do. Um, Bad. Done. He got used a ton in that offense last year, so. Um, Bad. What do you guys think of Hawkinson here in week one? So I think he's a good player. Uh, he was tight at two last year. Um, looking back on it, though, big beneficiary of enormous weeks where he had 37 against Seattle and 30 against the Giants in the uh, week 16 in the semis. Um, the rest of the, the rest of the season was pretty pedestrian, um, and the tight end position was obviously really down. Um, but with that being said, um, I think he has a pretty nice year to start the year. All right, I don't know where we left off. There were technical difficulties at my house. Um, this rain's causing some issues, but we're back. Uh, I got back on the FaceTime, and Phil and Shane were putting together. 
parlay, <laughs> parlays that included C.J. Stroud and Jordan Addison each scoring two touchdowns. So, <laughs> just further proving that these two can't be left alone ever. Um, just reload that account in week two. Yeah. Um, so, I think... That- Daddy wants FanDuel gift cards for his birthday this year. I think you guys were talking about TJ Hawkinson. Um, I don't know where we left off. I think Shane You was said about he was the number two option. He's better than Jordan Addison. Yes, and I stand by that. Bet. No, I'm not betting. I'm going to lose enough money from suggestions that you make this year. I don't need, I don't need to give you any of Retire. it. Retire. Uh... Um, I think we were at the point where we were getting ready to pick a winner, though, right? I believe so. We were Buseman Park Desert Dogs. We were just talking about Hawkinson. Um, we looked a little more into his usage last year, and you were correct. He was he was getting pounded the rock at the end of the year. Um, but yeah, I think we were we were getting close to uh, making a pick in this game. Yes, he was the number two target last year, right? Um, I, I have nothing to back that up. I would imagine so. It was looking like he was getting roughly eight, nine targets a game um, in the last eight or nine games. So, Yeah, he was really good. Um, but, yeah, time to make a pick. And, God, I think I have to go with Abuseman Park. I think ETN, Chubb, and Tyreek Hill, and DK Metcalf all have massive <laughs> games. So. Uh, man, this one's going to be a good game. Uh, two, two pretty good teams. The Houston Park, um, number one in your rankings, number one in your hearts. <laughs> Are gonna get the shaft like they do every year. No reason to not pick the Desert Dogs here. Desert Dogs win. It's a great draft. Houston Park, once again. You gotta think over time the percentages will even out. But not this week. Your league villain, three time champ, Denver finds a way to get it done. I'm going to need at least one more Mahomes touchdown before the night's up, I think. He hasn't even played the fourth quarter yet. Yeah, I know. You know he's going to score 15 points in the fourth quarter. You're a clown. (laughs) Put your mask on, Mr. Rogers. (laughs) (laughs) All right, game of the week. Last two defending champs, I think. Yeah, that's correct. Curtin and Seawolves. Sleeto's how to set him up. I can't remember what... Or no, Jason won in between. I think Eddie kept the trophy for another year. I don't think Jason ever got it. Uh, yeah, you're right. It's at its rightful home now. Yeah. I was just thinking because Eddie brought the trophy to, this, to the draft for yeah, some reason. <laughs> I think he forgot it last year and it just never made it to Jason. So... Um, Phil, while you have it, don't be afraid to get... Uh, the nameplate's updated on it, so... I'll, I'll take care of it. All right. You'll get a memo invoice for $3. All right. Thank you. Appreciate that. It's about time you do take, something. Take it out of petty cash. It's about time you do something for this league since the tomato pie has disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
All right, Curtin running now. Justin Herbert runs CMC. Najee Harris, Garrett Wilson, Brandon Ayuk, Darren Waller, Amari Cooper, and Jamal Williams. Uh, on the Wolves side, Josh Allen, Austin Eckler, Derrick Henry, Chris Olave, A.J. Brown, George Kittle, Dalvin Cook, and Van Jefferson. One thing I didn't bring up at the draft that uh, I thought was a really good move by Ed, you know, early in the year we're all trying to get through the first couple of weeks with some running back questions. Jamal Williams at $8 while Kamara's out is an awesome buy. Um, for three weeks of probably really good productivity and maybe even more. Thought that was a really nice job, something that probably all of us should have considered. Um, but we'll start off with the steel curtain. Uh, Najee Harris gets San Francisco on Sunday. San Fran, obviously, good defensive squad. Um, Najee's been fine, you know, his first two years as the running back for the Steelers, but. A lot of Jalen Warren buzz this offseason. Um, and Najee's had some shortcomings. And while he's been fine, um, I think we could all say that he's left something to be desired as well. What are your thoughts on Najee Harris, not only this week, but also for this season? So, I mean, I feel he's got a pretty bad rap. I don't know what he was two years ago, but... He was running back 14 last year. I feel like he was better the year before, if I'm not mistaken. Um, in what was has not been a very good offense for a couple of years. Um, really, obviously, Roethlisberger's last year. Um, ben was was not was not not at the level that you're used to seeing. And then you get a rookie quarterback last year. Um, what do you? I mean, what do you expect the guy to do um, without any really competent quarterback play going on? Um, I expect I expect Najee to have a pretty decent year this year. Um, I expect him to jump back into the RB one conversation, finish somewhere around top ten. Warren's one of those trendy X topics. I'm I'm not I'm not buying it. I don't know what to make out of the Steelers. There, there, there's a few different variables here. One, their offensive line's not very good. Two. Their defense is really good. Three, their coordinator's terrible. Four, they love playing AFC North football. You know those 9-6 Raven games, end of December. Tom went all fired up, prime time, talking about how it's an AFC North slugfest. Proud of it for some reason. Then they'll see the Chiefs in the playoffs and lose by four tutters. What was the question? Oh, um, <laughs> Najee. I, I don't. I, I I think he's a good player, and he he's a fine option. He's not going to lose the job. The Jalen Warren. Don't don't retweet that. It's not it's not happening. It's, it's a dumb take. He's a change of pace back that gets some pretty good efficiency numbers because he's catching passes on third down. Don't fall for it. Najee's still good. Probably finishes back end RB1 this season. I think that's safe. I mean, I, I think I took him in the third round of one draft that I was in. So I think that's a safe uh, a safe bet for him. I think he's 
running back 10 to 15 pretty easily as long as he stays healthy. Um, he'd have to be, I feel like, devastatingly bad for them to make Warren the lead back. Now, if Najee's playing average and Warren's playing really well spelling him, maybe it becomes more of a timeshare, a little hot hand thing. Um, but Najee's still going to, I think, dominate the touches in that backfield as long as he stays healthy. This week against San Francisco, I don't know. I mean, Shane, uh, West Coast team coming east for a 1 p.m. game. Yep, upset alert. Yeah. Uh, Brock Purdy. Do we think Brock Purdy's good? I, I don't know that he's that good. Yeah. <laughs> he's better than Pickett. I, I don't know that he's that good. I, I like the Steelers to win this game. I do outright. too. I do too. So, oh my god. Let me open this account back up. Nobody <laughs> Nobody gets their team more prepared than Mr. Never Had a Losing Season, Mike Tomlin. So This is the easiest double up of my life here. Niners life. <laughs> <laughs> um I also like the Steelers Shane Glad we're aligned there. Yep. All right, on the <laughs> on the Seawolf side, dear God, Van Jefferson! Oh my God! <laughs> Wide receiver one on that team. Um, Chris Olave. Let's talk about him. Number one receiver for New Orleans gets a new quarterback this year. Derek Carr was poor last year, I would say, with Vegas. Um. What do you think about Alave and Carr's abilities to sustain him? I think this could be a really good situation for Carr, Alave, potentially Milk Carton. Um, I'm in on the Saints this year. Yeah, the Saints are a team I'm interested to see in how this shakes out because there's some pieces there. It's just whether or not they can they put it all together. Um, has the potential to be a, a, a pretty decent offense. Um, Spoke about the two receivers. Obviously, you get Kamara and Adam to Jamal Williams. Some good, some good players in the backfield. Um, I, I Alave had a very, very fine rookie year. Um, wide receiver twenty five last year as a rookie. So I mean, can't ask for for much more. Pretty, pretty decent campaign. He missed uh, like six games. Missed two games. Um. He, he left early with injuries in the other. You didn't play him, like, any weeks last year. He was always on your bench. <laughs> so, I think those My six games... My team was loaded. I won the championship. Did you forget? Yeah, but those six <laughs> games where I think you not playing him, not... He wasn't available. Oh, my God. Um, but, yeah, I, I expect him to have a nice year. Um, not that I think Carr is outstanding, but I think he's... He's competent enough. Um... Gonna give you a solid enough play to, to keep you relevant. I, I expect another another solid year out of Olave. Get him get him right in the in the top twenty range. Oh my god. No. No. Olave has elite I'm talking top six wide receiver potential. It's the only reason I hung on to him. I didn't believe it until I saw some videos on social media of him in training camp. He just had his pads on like the half shirt with his stomach showing, got, guys got what had to be a 12-pack out there running routes, <laughs> leaving others in the dust. That's when I bought in. Uh, so I, I have turned into an Olave truther. But in all seriousness, I don't think this team's going to be very good, but they're going to be interesting and they're going to be good for putting up fantasy.
fantasy points. A, a lot of shootouts, a lot of just Lions-type football where you have no idea who's going to win. Teams just scoring at will at the end of games. No defense whatsoever being played. So I'm in on the Saints for a bounce back here. I'm in on Olave thinking he's got some pretty amazing talent and a lot of the analytics, like yards per route, yards of separation, shit like that, he was off the charts with. Heard a few lists where it was just like him, Jamar Chase, and Justin Jefferson as the only three people that scored in some of these categories. So that that's all I needed. Combined with the half-shirt videos, uh, this guy's going to be a freaking stud. Sounds like a TikTok trend to me. <laughs> you don't know what TikTok is. I don't. <laughs> Who do we have winning the game of the week? Seawolves versus Steel Curtain. Yeah, should be some points put up in this one. Um, like the potential for for a lot of a lot of tutters, a lot of yards. Um, but give me the Wolves um, for my money. This is this is the best team in the league right now. Gotta agree. Uh, no reason Seawolves aren't going to keep the momentum going. Keep an eye out. Dalvin Cook revenge game facing Steel Curtain. A uh, chance to get back at the, the manager that cut him loose after riding him for so long. I like the Wolves. I like my team. I have a top five nobody can compete with, and I'll figure out the rest later. Um, I'm going to take the curtain this week in an upset. Uh, I like your team, Phil. I think it's very good. But I think... Herbert is the difference here. I think he's going to have a huge year. Um, This Miami Chargers game could be an absolute shootout in the Sunday 425 window. And I'm expecting three or four touchdowns from Herbert with his new offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore. So I think it's a high-scoring game. But I think the curtain has just enough to pull it out. All right. Those are the week one matchups. Anything else for the good of the order? Yeah, I'm just going to need a recap after tomorrow of whether or not Brandon Scherr is satisfied. Um, you know, he's going to be listening to all two hours of this show or however long we went getting through his Friday. He's probably looking forward to it more than anyone. Yeah, there was quite a few people asking when the podcast is coming out after the draft, so we're back for another season. Don't want to set the expectation that we're going to be two hours every week. No. Uh, the, the, the amount of prep, the, the physical exhaustion, now that we're winding this down, I mean, it's not sustainable. Happy to do it for week one. Had a lot of content, draft, week one matchups for us to get through uh, questionable trivia question but we did it <laughs> and looking forward to a fantastic season and another Seawolves championship anytime you have Patrick Mahomes and you have second and one deep in your opponent's territory you have to run a jet sweep with Kadarius Tony <laughs> for a two yard loss does that mean he's a negative point total 
this week? Dude stinks. Out of the flex one. Uh, uh, does he that. stink as much as Sky Moore? They they're both bad. MVS is the wide receiver to own. All trust me. All two I catches know. that he has. All right, guys. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining. Thanks for suffering through this with us. And we will talk to you next week when we recap week one and break down week two in the Sons of Fantasy Football League.